If you cannot tell, we are going to do things a little bit differently today. We're going to have a conversation. You, me, and some guests that I'm soon to invite on stage because you see, the topic of today's sermon is something that takes a lot of help in discussing. We're talking about that very prayer that Jesus prayed on his final night on earth. That prayer that said, may they be one as we, Heavenly Father, are one. Now that is something that is beautiful to hear, but hard to execute, whether it was 2,000 years ago or right now in the current day. For you see... Even though Jesus was praying over his very disciples, and I believe in continuation, you and me today, there are so many differences amongst us. And if we do not hold true to the gospel, differences lead to division. Another word for division in this day and age is polarization. An effect that happens not just when two people are going head-to-head in an argument, but in fact when they are being opposing forces, almost like they were two magnets of opposite poles. As hard as you could try to push them together, all they want to do is push themselves apart. And that, my friends, is the challenge. That, my friends, is where we are today, but the good news of Jesus Christ is that we can find unity still here in the church. A unity that not only tolerates differences, but in fact celebrates differences as a greater sign and a show of the true definition of what unity really is. But how to address this with you, good people? I was praying in earnest that God might show me a way a way to engage our hearts, minds, and souls in what is meant and needed to be as dialogue. And so God, in all of his providence and grace, led Rebecca and I to a production entitled Honk Jr. on Monday night. It was led by the amazing music teacher, Mrs. Tracy Morris, who is here with us today, who brought students of all different stripes and strides together to give a reproduction of what you might easily recognize as the ugly duckling, but far more true to it, was a message, a message of unity, not that just tolerates differences, but celebrates them. And so, as we believe that a child shall lead, I want to invite two key people from the production that Rebecca and I saw. The first is one that you know well. He grew up here in this church and is a fantastic young man in Mr. Dalton Fannin. And the next is someone who's probably new to you, but he's here today with his parents and his name is Mr. Seth Thomaston. So if you will help me welcoming these, our guests, to the platform here this Sunday morning. Well, here in our midst are two key roles to the production. Seth, you played the role of Ugly, short for Ugly Duckling. Dalton, 
you played the role of Drake, who was Ugly's daddy and sometimes a little bit ornery about all the housework he had to do when Mama went out looking for Ugly. But I wanted to ask you fellas, help us understand a few things, specifically Dalton. How are your characters, Drake and Ugly, the same, and we're going to get that microphone turned on, yet different? Well, we're the same because we're both birds, and we're different because um, we sound different and we look different, and a honk is um, a lot more different than a quack. Oh boy, talking about different noises, you are a proud daddy of a duck family, and the duck family goes... Quack. And then there comes ugly and... Buddy, you just could not quack to save your life. So instead, what did you do? Honk. Honk. (laughs) Thus, you have the title of the play. Now, Seth, from your perspective, what was the hardest part about being two characters who were so different than one another, especially when he's your dad and you're his son? Well, the hardest part for me was being the ugly duckling and then... Once you once you saw the swan come out, it was they 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 praised him, and they gave him all the good looks. But what I think is unfair is because they looked at me from what was on the outside and what I looked like, and they also did that to the swan, which I don't think was fair. What I think they should be looking at is what was on the inside and how I felt when they tra- treated me like that. Oh man, me too. Me too. All right, so back to Drake or Dalton. Um, Dalton, in the end, you guys found unity. What did your two characters ultimately find unity in? Well, um, I think that he wasn't, like, ugly anymore or anything. Yeah. And we kind of got along more. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't so mean to him, which I should have never had been. Yeah, you were pretty mean. Well, what you found in that unity is that you were able to accept him and he was able to accept you. But that doesn't talk about the fact that beginning, middle, and end, you were different. Different. And in fact, you sang a song about being different. What did, what did that song mean to you? The song entitled Different. What did it mean to you, Seth? Well, the song Different, and just as it said in the song, different isn't hateful, nor bad, nor naughty. Different is just different. And how I'm black and you're white doesn't mean we shouldn't be, inse- doesn't mean we shouldn't be accepted in life, which is God made us different for in his own way. And... God doesn't make mistakes. And just how my, like, my thing is acting and your thing is preaching the word, which is amazing. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, that still doesn't give us a reason why you should treat people like that just by the way they look. Amen. Now, better than your explanation of the song, which was right on, is you singing that song. And so I was wondering, could we, could we beg of you to sing that song? Yes, of Chrissy. course. Okay, you, you stand up, buddy. You got it. What 
is true I'm a bird who seems to lack the knack I'm just different I'm just different from the rest And who can blame them wanting me to find another nest But different is it not he Different isn't bad So why should being different make me sad I'm just different They're like peas from the same pot No wonder they make fun of me Life's harder when you're on But different isn't scary Different is no threat And though I'm still their brother Like sheep in every flock But when you know it's you somehow Your ego takes a knock I'm just different But I have a sense of pride My looks may well be funny But I hurt the same inside Different isn't spiteful Different isn't wrong So so hard to get along I only want to get along Different isn't hateful Different could be swell Different is just See what I mean? Boy, we could just do the invitation hen, Reverend Ingram, and head on home. But I'm going to say a couple more things. A couple more things about how you and I can take art and make sure that our lives reflect it. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. In artistry, he's saying a prayer for you and me. But it's not just meant to be some ethereal notion that we just look at in terms of beauty and we say, isn't that nice? No, you and I are supposed to grab hold of this prayer, making it so that we live in as a reflection of being one, just as Jesus Christ and his heavenly father are one, both eternal there from the beginning both fully revealed in creative power and both always reaching out in concert so that our hearts, minds, and souls may be one to a theme of grace. But also, Jesus and his heavenly Father, different. Part of the Trinity, one God, three persons. Jesus as a human body. The heavenly father as a spirit in the heavenly realm. These differences are key 
And there are reasons why we can look at this prayer and realize that it is possible. So here's a few things about being different nowadays. A few things that we can do, practical steps that you and I as Christians can do, yes, but also if you are a person here today who is just trying to understand what the gospel means to you, you can join in too. So these first three are for everyone. And then this last, and I believe best, is for those who profess Jesus Christ as Savior. So how do we begin on this road to unity? A road to unity that doesn't just tolerate difference, but celebrates difference. I think the first and most key one is to honor. Honor the humanity of the other person. It was said that at the end of the day, all of our blood runs red. And that is true regardless of what we believe, regardless of how we look, regardless of how we speak. At the end of the day, there is a common humanity that bonds all of us in a collective human experience. And that, and that alone is enough to say we have a starting point, honor the humanity of the other person next to celebrate celebrate what unifies you to another now this does not have to start at a place that is deep and soul felt it can be just as easy as saying you like chocolate ice cream i like chocolate ice cream let's celebrate you think Furman university is the best school in america I also happen to believe that Furman University is the best school in America. Let's celebrate. But beyond that, celebrate where you share values. Do you love your family? I love my family. Do you take civic pride in living in Carrollton? I know I do. And as we celebrate what unifies, we find deeper points of connection that can bring our hearts together instead of driving us away. The next is disagree respectfully. Now, this is one that's a little bit more fine-tuned because I'm not just talking about having a respectful point-counterpoint debate between you and someone that you happen to have a disagreement with, I'm asking you to go one step further, which is instead of opining about your differences, you simply take note of where you disagree with the other person without necessarily bringing it to their attention. As the country song goes, in so many ways, you say it best when you say nothing at all. We all can do these things. Honor the humanity of the other person, celebrate what unifies before counting differences, and always making it a practice to merely take notes of areas of disagreement well before we ever try to engage in debate. But this last, final, and I believe most powerful one that is for all of those who profess Christ as Savior— And it's this, put your ultimate hope in Jesus Christ. Thank you for that applause. Preferences, 
politics, even religion are not the ultimate means to achieve unity. We don't need to look any further than our current day. Two respective parties in our nation's political scene stand juxtaposed one to another. At stake is the economic future of our nation, and yet it seems like they are so focused on their differences and their divisions and polarization instead of sharing in the common unity, which is being public servants and working to the good of those who elected them and put good faith in them as our representatives. Look at families, families which so many are hurting. 60% of all divorces, all dissolution of marriage is attributed to what? Irreconcilable differences. Husbands and wives polarized Brought to a point where they can no longer honor and in fact celebrate the difference between one and another. And then this last reason why we have to put our ultimate hope in Jesus is because I believe the church itself has found itself as extensions of polarization here in the common day. Look no further than 2020. That was a rough year in so many regards. And my friends, let me be honest with you. The church was not poised to handle it well. Instead of bringing about a greater unity, we unfortunately in many aspects participated into a greater division, pitting us against others. And that is in complete contrast to the prayer that Jesus prayed that we may be One, as he and the heavenly father are one. So as I look at putting our ultimate hope in Jesus, I'm brought to a scripture in mind that I want to share with you. It's written by one of Jesus's disciples. He was present in the upper room when Jesus said this prayer. And later he's exiled on the island of Patmos. And he has a vision of what heaven looks like. When Jesus has returned and all is made unto a new heaven and a new earth, he describes a city, a city consisting of people of such great differences, but not a place of toleration, a place of celebration for the differences themselves. And that disciple named John writes the following, after this I looked And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's eternity, folks. Eternity is unity. Unity in Christ, but not a unity that makes us homogenous. In fact, all of our different skin colors, all of our different languages, all of our different geographical and historical inheritance is only further amplified 
in heaven. And so now what we have is not only the opportunity to do right and to fulfill the prayer of Jesus that he put before us, but in fact, you and I are but preparing our hearts and minds for what all of eternity will be. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, lifting up a collective praise to Jesus Christ and saying in him, we are different, but in him, we are, say it with me, one. Is that your prayer? That we might be one as Jesus and the heavenly father is one? That's your prayer. I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, let's be aware and let's cut the ties to polarization once and for all. And let's instead ride this Easter tide to greater places of connection where we ultimately put our hope in Jesus Christ as the unifier of every heart, mind, and soul, but moreover, as a practical application to your daily spiritual walk to say, read, and reflect upon the prayer that is written atop your sermon notes, which reads the following. God, allow me to celebrate that Jesus unifies me with people who are different than myself. That's who I believe we are as a church, First Baptist. That's believed, that's what I believe God is calling us to be more of. And in as much, we will be a source of blessing to all those, including ourselves, who are different. May we pray. God, in your grace and mercy, allow us to celebrate that Jesus unifies us with people who are different than ourselves. This is the heart of your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. This is the heart of your church, which Jesus sacrificed his life for. And this is the eternal future in which we all gather around Christ. Help us, O God, to cut those ties to polarization and ride that rising tide to the places of unity and connection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you have made decisions today with your own heart and mind, Reverend Ingram and I ask you to stand and sing aloud this hymn of response. And should you want to make a public profession of faith, join our church, or simply receive prayer, I'll be here in front to meet you.